If you think about it, supplements are pills too. Do we really need them? Welcome to the Eat Plants, Feel Whole podcast, a program designed to help you harness the healing power of plants and transform your health. I'm your host, Todd Chobatar. I serve as publisher and editor-in-chief at Advent Health Press. Today, we're talking with lifestyle medicine specialist, Dr. George Guthrie, about his new book, Eat Plants, Feel Whole. Welcome, Dr. Guthrie. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, supplements, I've been taking them for years, Mm -hmm. and I've always thought uh, it's just like a little bit of extra insurance uh, for the health. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm not alone in that because Mm -hmm. the supplement uh, industry in this country and many other countries, it's big business. Big business. A lot of people are looking for fixes from supplements. They are. They are. That is exactly right. Uh, Tell us, uh, supplements, good thing, bad thing? Well, as you've already pointed out, uh, I like to point out to patients that supplements are pills too, Mm -hmm. which means they've been taken out of their kind of natural state and and put in a pill form. And so maybe we should approach them with the same caution we do medications. And of course, the law does not require the same amount of labeling. Uh, So just because there's no label doesn't mean it's safe, right? True. Um, Poison oak may be natural, but it sure makes a nasty rash, right? <laughs> so not everything that's natural is healthy. There are mushrooms that uh, will kill you, right? So uh, I think we need to approach these things uh, wisely. So uh, as a general rule, most of what we need is present in plants. In there are some plant. things, if we look at whole foods, plant-based, we'll find those nutrients. Now, there are some kind of caveats to that. For example, some nutrients, selenium, for example, has to be in the soil or the plant can't pull it up. So where it's grown in the world makes a difference as as to whether it has that in it or not. We often talk, for example, of Brazil nuts being high in selenium. Well, Brazil nuts grow where there's a lot of selenium in the soil, and so it it can uh, be incorporated. Mm -hmm. But but as a general rule, one can find it, especially if uh, all the nutrients we need, if we're eating from a variety of uh, different places. We talk about... um, kind of value-added food. We've talked about that in previous podcasts. There's this whole business of refining. And, you know, we... And foods we, that, that are enriched and yeah, so we use this I remember word, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. And enriched flour. Well, you know, they, they, they remove the essential fats because they will go rancid and kind of ruin the flour. They take out a bunch of B vitamins because they're kind of associated. The fiber is gone. And so they add some of the B vitamins back, but the fiber is still gone. And, and the essential fats are still pretty much gone and we call it enriched flour well we've actually removed important things out of that uh, that grain so refining tends to cause trouble the more we refine it the more we tend to damage it or 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 remove nutrients so I think that's an important thing to remember when we deal with you know healthy eating especially in the whole arena of plants so the question still remains are supplements necessary? Right. And the main answer, the truthful answer to that is, it depends. Okay. <laughs> uh, for example, uh, we know that someone taking methotrexate, a medication that's used sometimes for autoimmune diseases to stop the immune system from fighting itself, will block um, 
the kind of B vitamins. And so we make sure that there's a folate supplement because that whole system is being blocked. We know we need more at that time. So if I'm on a certain kind of medication... Different medications can affect different nutrients different way. We're not Mm -hmm. going to try to cover all of that. So I gave an example of one. The doctor really, if prescribes the medication, should also tell the person, you need to take extra of this. That that Mm -hmm. would be considered appropriate uh, medical Mm -hmm. treatment. So yes, I think we need uh, nutrients, uh, supplements at times like that. Are there other times where we might need supplements? Well... Let's say somebody has a big bleed and they need some extra iron. Well, there might be a reasonable, that would be a reasonable time to add some iron and maybe some other kind of support. So, yes, I think there's a time and a place for supplements. Uh, What about as we age? Sometimes uh, as we age, might there be a need for a certain kind of? Very good point. Uh, years ago, I was doing a master's of public health and nutrition, and one of the required classes was one on geriatric nutrition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I found, I learned some interesting things, okay? There are some things that tend to be deficient as we get older, and we've talked about some of these, I think, in our past podcasts, but uh, chromium and zinc end up tending to drop off as we get older. And we have, interestingly, no good way of measuring body stores of those two vitamins, or minerals, I guess we would call them here. So um, that's something that needs to be watched out for. Magnesium is another one that tends to go uh, low as we get older. Interesting, iron is not. So, you know, I learned this probably 30 years ago that this might happen, and I was a younger person then, but I knew that as I got older, um, I would probably need those things, and I had no way of measuring them because we just don't have a good way of measuring. So when I turned 50, I decided to start supplementing with both chromium and zinc. Not knowing when old started. Do you know when old starts? I don't know when old starts. I... <laughs> Medicare defines it. Menopause refines it. I mean, it defines it. So, so there's, uh, there's all kinds of kind of ways of looking at it. I wasn't sure. So at age 50, I started to take a supplement of both uh, uh, chromium and zinc. Mm-hmm. And it's safe to take uh, up to 40 milligrams of zinc. I didn't want too much because I knew too much would cause trouble with copper. So, you know, I started taking like 30, 40 milligrams a day and uh, some chromium, which is really safe as far as supplements are concerned. And some rather interesting things happened. Uh, I had spots on my fingernails, which in essence over the next few months disappeared, never came back. I I read later that (laughs) that zinc deficiency can cause those things. Uh, I was having aphthous ulcers in my mouth on a pretty much monthly basis. It would last for a week or two, and it's always uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. With the replacement of the zinc, those have pretty much disappeared. So you know, I noticed it a couple, three la- years later, I said, hey, those things are gone. I wonder where they went. And what do you know? There's kind of a connection with zinc. Being aware of that, I found some rather interesting things in patients. I have one patient, for example, who was losing her hair. We did a a workup looking for male pattern, baldness, a bunch of stuff, even did biopsies. Couldn't really find an answer. And then I was reviewing, I was giving a lecture, actually on zinc and some other things, and reminded myself that zinc deficiency caused hair loss. And I said, why don't you try a supplement? I can't measure it accurately in the tissues. 
And uh, three months later, she came back and said, my hairdresser can't believe it. My hair's growing back. And sure enough, she had kind of some extra hair growing all around. So uh, it, it's important for good health and for good aging to kind of keep these in place. <laughs> my mother-in-law, for example, lost her sense of taste at about 75 years of age. Oh. And m m I remember that zinc deficiency could do that, put her on zinc, and another month and a half, the taste came back. She's now 102 and assures me that her taste is still present. So <laughs> I think we got the right answer on that one. Oh, so man. there may be a time as we get older to take a, a, a moderate amount of things like chromium and zinc, uh, maybe a little magnesium. Mag actually, magnesium is high in plants. So if you're eating a lot of plants, it, it's probably not as important. But the chromium and zinc, we tend to get low in. We've got no way of measuring it. Uh, safe at the levels we've talked about. So I think that's a very reasonable thing for someone to take as they get older. Now, what about uh, folks that may have differences in the dietary choices that they're making? So someone who um, tends to be, say, a, a, a consumer more of animal products and someone that would be more vegetarian or vegan. Is, is, is there any difference in what? Good point. <clears throat> There's this thought, I think, in the kind of the culture, as, at least as I talk to people who don't know so much about nutrition, they'll say, oh, you can't get all your vitamins and minerals. You'll have to get it from animal products. That's really the best place to get it. And the evidence is actually not true. Animal eaters, the average American who eats a lot of animal products, ends up being deficient in things like uh, potassium, mm -hmm. magnesium, fiber. I mean, these are extremely important parts of the diet that are left out. Uh, what is it like? 98% uh, of Americans, according to the data, don't get the recommended daily amount of potassium. Mm -hmm. Where does potassium come from? Fruits, vegetables, grains, legumes. So with legumes, you know, having the most. Magnesium, about 50% of Americans, we're told, are deficient. Deficient. In Over age 65, it's closer to 80% are, are not getting the recommended daily allowance. So uh, people who focus on uh, animal products often come up deficient in important uh, minerals, vitamins, and those types of things. Mm -hmm. Now, you also asked about vegetarians. Right. And, of course, the one that usually is brought up with that is uh, vitamin B12. B12, yeah. Because really right, yeah. Uh, B12 is uh, an important vitamin, actually one of the more complex ones, and we tend to get it from animal sources. Now, to be clear about this, uh, B12 is not made by animals. It's made by bacteria. And the bacteria then make the B12 and give it to the animals. When we eat the animal, we can get the B12. And the truth is, B12 is not absorbed very well out of meat because you really have to chew a lot in order to release it. It's much better, for example, from milk, the B12 would come out. And interestingly, there are many more Americans who are meat eaters who are B12 deficient than vegetarians. Hmm. But vegetarians do have, especially the vegans, do have, are at risk, they have a higher risk of developing a B12 deficiency. So when someone decides to go plant-based, in the book we recommend that people going plant-based take a vitamin B12 supplement. Mm -hmm. 
You see, if B12 goes low, something in the blood called homocysteine goes up, which increases inflammation in the blood vessels and increases the risk of heart attack, for example. So you don't want to get uh, caught low on that. Take a, a, a vitamin B12 supplement. And by the way, many, many people who are meat eaters also need to take B12 supplements. Uh -huh. So it's a, it's a significant problem. Estimates of 15% of the free-living population over 65 in Western uh, countries uh, are deficient, don't have enough. So uh, it's worthwhile kind of taking some as we get older. I usually recommend B12 for most anybody who is on that older side, just to make sure they don't get deficient. Now, you know, one that I haven't heard you mention, mm -hmm. and I'm curious about, because mm -hmm. I live in what's called the sunshine state, okay. uh, and that is vitamin D. Okay. Let's talk tell about me, vitamin D. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about vitamin D. The first thing to recognize about vitamin D is that it's not a vitamin. Hmm. It's called a vitamin because of the way it was discovered. Okay, We had this disease called rickets, and it looked like just as vitamin C fixed scurvy, vitamin D fixed rickets. Well, it ends up that vitamin D is a hormone made by the skin that goes through the body and acts like a hormone. It's sending messages kind of all over the place, modifying the immune system function. Help, yes, helping to make bones strong. It works with the parathyroid hormone as part of that kind of balancing. So um, <clears throat> yeah, vitamin D is something that we need and I keep wanting to change that to hormone D, but uh, just so we can kind of understand that. Sure. And we live, you and I live in the sunshine state, but we work in sunlight-less offices. Every so day. I am surprised at how many patients that come in in the sunshine state which have actually this vitamin D is low. So um, it, it's something that is reasonable to have the level checked and then uh, replace. There are no recommendations now for routine testing, except for people who have at high risk. And of course, high risk includes uh, things like dark skin, uh, getting older. <laughs> I mean, all of these things, uh, we're, there's a lot of us at risk for vitamin D. I checked my own level. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> The ideal or the kind of normal level, depending on who you talk to now, but at least this is what my lab is saying now, is over uh, 30 nanograms uh, per deciliter or per cc. And uh, less than 20 is called deficient, and between 20 and 30 is insufficient. I checked my level. It was 12. <laughs> so I was really low. Yeah. So I started taking a supplement, which I continue to do because I'm indoors all the time. So with that, I hear you saying that there are a number of uh, circumstances mm -hmm. in which uh, it could be beneficial mm -hmm. to supplement, mm -hmm. but that we get the best from whole foods. There is a danger here, mm -hmm. and you devote a chapter in the book to this, to, this, to a concept called reductionism. Yes. I don't know if you can tell us a little bit about that when, in the context of supplements. Well, I've already referred to it a little bit, right? I said we call it 
vitamin D because of the way it was discovered, mm -hmm. right? And as we discovered vitamins, we found individual things that were acting and they were solving individual problems. Mm -hmm. As we know more about the physiology, the pathophysiology, the interactions, we know that this is not a simple interaction. We've got interactions between nutrients, uh, macronutrients and the micronutrients we have. It's just extremely complex. To try to understand all the steps and all the connections within the body is beyond our human minds to, to really comprehend. And so I would argue that there's danger in this concept of reductionism that is focusing on the individual. We see it all the time, right? You see the advertisement, um, you know, are you um, lacking energy? What you need is, you know, this particular fruit juice or this particular supplement is going to solve this problem. There's a tendency to market um, <laughs> Different quick, fix or, quick fixes, yeah. but even plants, right? Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite fruits from when I was growing up was mangosteen. I mean, I, I did some growing up in the Far East, and just a wonderful fruit. And it's a great fruit. You know, God made it. We should eat the whole thing. But somebody figured out, here's something that's foreign to the United States. We can't really grow it here. So they figured out, you put it in a bottle, and you take a couple of scientific studies that say it's beneficial for a couple of things, and you turn it into a marketing campaign, and you can make a bunch of money with it. So we see this happening all the time, and it's kind of this reductionism business. Mm -hmm. A better way of looking at things is to say, what's the whole diet? Now, I, several months ago, I gave a talk to a group of physicians, and to help them understand the concept, I um, threw up an automobile spec sheet, okay? You know, what's the gear ratio? You know, what's, uh, what's the distance between the tires? What's the weight of the vehicle? How many pistons? All the details. And you look at it, and you say, yeah, that's a lot of details, but I can't really get excited about it. Then I threw up a picture of the sports car. And when you, when you sit in the sports car and you drive the sports car, that has meaning. Yeah. You know, you can feel it on the corners. You feel the wind in your hair. The, the whole, the, the joy of it is there. The happiness of it is there. Yes, there are gearheads who love the details, okay? But the truth is, what's more important is how does that car drive and feel on the road to me while I'm driving it? We really need to be changing our view of nutrition towards driving the whole car. That is looking at dietary patterns rather than just the individual nutrients. Because the individual nutrients are too complicated for us to really comprehend. You look at one, you're, you're out of balance with another. You take too much of this one and it throws that one off. For example, vitamin C, if you get too much, it turns from an antioxidant into an oxidant. So you can actually cause problems with it. It starts to act like a drug. So better to eat whole foods, and then reasonably take supplements where it may be necessary. Again, as we get older, the zinc, the chromium makes sense, vitamin B12, in small and reasonable amounts, not in hyped, we're gonna cure the world <laughs> or all your ills levels, okay? That is good to know. And it's good to know that there are uh, different circumstances that can be helpful to be aware yes. of, but that our emphasis should be on the whole uh, eat plants, feel whole pattern. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Dr. Guthrie, among the, the many resources that you have in the book, mm -hmm. two that I wanted to mention, I love the fact that uh, in the book, 
for those of us that are looking to try to increase uh, um, in um, uh, certain of these areas, mm-hmm. um, you give some whole food alternatives. So mm-hmm. how there are you know higher levels of of, uh, of um, different nutrients mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. different kinds of That's plants. That's correct. Uh-huh. And so you actually have lists of these in the book, so mm-hmm. that you can rather than thinking, well, I need to go out and buy more supplements. Uh, if I'd like to increase my levels in this, I can just check out and increase these certain food items and get those more naturally. So I like that a lot. Well, and it illustrates that you don't have to take it as a supplement. It is in the plants. And if you're concerned about that particular nutrient, you can kind of head in in that direction, as we pointed out, to get those nutrients. Mm-hmm. The other resource that I like that mm-hmm. you uh, uh, included, this is actually a free resource mm-hmm. uh, that folks can get if they go to eatplantsfeelwhole.com. And it is a chapter that originally was included in the book, mm-hmm. um, but uh, for a couple of different reasons, we chose to pull it out mm-hmm. and to still include it as a special report that uh, anyone can have access to, free access to. So you're talking about the section on cancer then? That's correct, the one on cancer. It's a special Mm -hmm. report called Let's Talk About Cancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, in there you address many different aspects, nutrition being Mm -hmm. one of them, Mm -hmm. but uh, different aspects about uh, how we look at and approach cancer today and, and some of the latest research that's on there. I hope people find that helpful. And it's available as a free download from eatplantsfeelwhole.com. So thank you for including that along with these other nutrient uh, sources that folks can look to in plants that's included in the book. Good. I hope they enjoy it. Dr. Guthrie, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to the Eat Plants, Feel Whole podcast, a limited edition, 15-part series that's designed to help you harness the healing power of plants and to transform your health. I've been your host, Todd Chobatar. If you would like to find links to some of the resources that were mentioned today, you can find them in our show notes, or you can go to eatplantsfeelwhole.com if you'd like to find out more about Dr. Guthrie and his work. If you'd like to discover some additional resources that can help you to feel whole in mind, body, and spirit, be sure to visit us at adventhealthpress.com. And while you're there, sign up for our free newsletter that includes healthy living tips, some leadership wisdom, as well as information on many free giveaways. Thank you for joining us today. 